County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public sessions. To comply with the governor's proclamation declaring a state of emergency in Maryland to minimize the person-to-person spread of COVID-19, we suggest that citizens stay home and watch the county commissioner's meeting live on our QAC website at www.qac.org live or on our QAC TV television channel, Atlantic Broadband Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. To maintain social distancing, seating will be limited to accommodate social distancing guidelines. We are screening all meeting participants prior to entering the building. If you have any respiratory symptoms such as fever, cough, and or shortness of breath, please refrain from attending the meeting and notify a health care provider. We acknowledge your participation, and by attending, you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. The scheduled agenda is available on the information table just outside of our meeting room. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, you must sign the information table outside. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. Citizens may also join the live Zoom meeting by going to www.qac.org slash public comment, and you may email your comments to publiccomment at qac.org. We accept, accept comments up until the end of the meeting. Comments received will be read during the press and public comment period uh, on this evening's agenda. During the meeting, we ask that you turn off all electronic devices and hold personal conversations outside of our meeting room. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Jim Moran. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If we remain standing for a moment of silence for the possible losing party that never threw a stone or rioted. Thank you very much. Uh, All right, commissioners, uh, we just held a... Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to. We just had a closed session under Section 3-305B7 of the General Provisions Article to consult with council and under Section 305B1 to discuss boards and commissions. And I believe we did reach a consensus uh, for several members of our council for children and youth. Could I get a motion on that, please? So move. Do so move. I move to reappoint Dana Barnhart, Donna Berger, Doug Bishop, Iris Carter, Nicole Chase Powell, Jennifer Crossley, Doreen Fassett, Penny Gill, Mary Beth Johnson, Elizabeth Miller, Angela Price, Joan Taylor, and Julie Vasilio to serve a three-year term on the Council for Children and Youth to begin January 1, 2021. Second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, that brings us to the approval of uh, today's agenda for our meeting on November 10th, 2020. Um, the, uh, the, today's meeting agenda and the regular and closed session minutes from your October 27th meeting, along with the Roads Board and Sanitary Commission meeting minutes from October 13th, were distributed electronically for review. Do I have any uh, additions or corrections? Yes, to add uh, action items 13 and 14 to today's agenda. Okay. Also, today's agenda, closed session started at 5, not 
On the original agenda, it said 515. Okay. okay, you're right. Thank you, Commissioner. All right. The new one, the desk item one you gave us, has it starting at 5. But You're right. That's correct. Thank you, Commissioner. So a motion to accept is amended. Second. A motion second. Any discussion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Right. That brings us to our first press and public comment period. Thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners during this public comment period. Comments are limited to three minutes per person. Comments longer than three minutes should be submitted in writing. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone. State your name, address, and topic of interest, keeping with the dignity of our office. We ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. This commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. We ask as a courtesy to the board and our citizens that you respect the commissioner's request and refrain from naming citizens and or name-calling when offering any critique. No one signed up. We signed up. No comments from me either. No comments on Zoom. All right, okay. we'll close press and public comment. Moving on. All right, commissioners, great. We, um, next, I think we have the uh, Department of Public Works on the agenda for new business. So uh, if you want to flip back to tab number two. And... Um, the director Alan Quimby and Chief Burns Engineer Shane Moore. So tab two, item one is a support letter for the Maryland Department of uh, Transportation Authority's emergency procurement for some work at the Bay Bridge. I move to execute the letter of support for MDTA's emergency procurement safety concerns for the William Preston Lane Jr. Memorial Bridge. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, if you want to convene, uh, actually, you want to go to, um, you want to go to, uh, actually, item three next. This is the uh, Next Amp Solar presentation. Do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Okay, we can do that next. All right. I'm sorry. So we've got to convene as roads board. So we can convene as the uh, roads board next, please. So moved. All right. And we got Shane Moore with a uh, Byler Material Host Community Agreement. So I'll let Shane present that. Sporting that No Shave November, huh, brother? Yes. Uh, so basically, this is a host agreement with Byler Materials LLC in Queen Anne's County. This is out on Merrick Road. Uh, this is the uh, sand pit. Uh, an agreement would uh, basically give us about 500 tons of sand and bar material per year from their mining operation. Um, this would be at no cost to the county. And this term of this agreement would be for five years, at which time, upon mutual agreement, we could extend it at that time. So to execute the host agreement with Biomaterials, LLC. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? So is that, is that common practice that they say under... The circumstances of the agreement of allowing this um, sand and gravel operation to take place, that they will promise to give so many tons of sand to the county. What do we do with it? I mean, we use it. Snow. Snow remote. Oh, snow. Okay. That's pretty much it. Pretty much that? It doesn't have any structural value. It's mixed with with salt and put out on the roads during a snowstorm. Sure. We have two agreements currently. We have one. We have one current agreement with another sand pit operation, and then this one will be our second. Standing. It's a good deal. One more. Any other discussion? Seeing none, we are voting to move to execute the host agreement with Byler Materials LLC. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. So moved. Thank, Thank you. you. 
Now we're on to number three. And uh, Commissioner Wilson did mention one uh, typographical mistake on paragraph two, uh, Shane, where it says sand and burrow. So we may want to adjust that. Please. Thank you. Heard of the borough before. Borough, yeah. <coughs> mm. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, next, um, we have uh, a presentation from uh, Next Amp Solar. So, Alan, you want to make a brief introduction? Yes, commissioners. This is uh, Greg Warner with Next Amp. Next Amp approached uh, me some months ago about a proposal to have utilize uh, one of their solar arrays. Which, we think we'll save the county about thirty-five to forty thousand dollars a year in electric costs for twenty years. Mm -hmm. um, we've looked at it fairly closely. You know, obviously, anytime somebody approaches you, say I can save you money and it won't cost you anything, you're suspicious. So, <laughs> I went to uh, Esmax Energy Consultant, made sure that had him vet their numbers, and he did. So, it appears to be a legitimate. Basically, what they would do would be to build a solar array. We would be the sole. Um, recipient of the provider, and then they would uh, look at the Delmarva power and whatever number of accounts that, that solar array can power, they would give us both the delivery and the supply charge at 10% less than what Delmarva could, and Washington Gas and Electric could deliver it. Hmm. That's just their business model. What they get out of it is they get a stable investor or a stable customer for their investor to uh, feel good about investing in the solar array. Hmm. But it has a brief uh, which you've seen, but for the viewing public, they have a brief presentation if you want to go through it real quick. Sure, absolutely. Yes, please. Thank you. Great. Uh, thank you very much, members of the Commission. Uh, uh, first of all, thank you very much for taking the time uh, to hear our proposal. I'm going to try to keep this very short. I'm going to try to spend about eight minutes uh, walking through a few slides and explaining how it works um, and uh, basically explaining the benefits to the county um, and answer any questions you have. Um, I'm going to try to keep it fairly short and high level, but at any time, obviously, feel free to interrupt and uh, ask questions if you have them. Um, first of all, I want to uh, commend the county for being a leader in this area. I know that um, I was uh, talking with Alan earlier. Um, I know that the county has invested in solar projects on their facilities uh, uh, several years ago um, and uh, really taken the lead among Maryland counties uh, in this regard. So it's um, and frankly, for us, it's, a, it's nice to work with a customer who understands uh, solar uh, from firsthand experience. Um, it makes our, our jobs much easier, uh, to be honest. Um, I actually had the privilege of attending the ribbon cutting at uh, the project, your ground-mounted project at uh, Safety Drive. Um, was that four years ago? At that, least, yeah. yeah. Five years ago. Um, Used to work for Solar City. Uh, yeah, I don't want to mention my former <laughs> employer, but um, Oops. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Uh, uh, so I know that um, you've been um, investing in this for a long time. So um, thank you for that. Um, as you'll hear, this project is called it's called Elton Leeds is the name of the project. Um, it's actually quite similar to the project that you have on Safety Drive. Um, the two big differences. Uh, being that it's located um, off-site from the county's property um, and that it's a, a guaranteed 10% discount on the electricity rather than um, a fixed price, which I understand is the, the current projects that you have. Um, real, uh, real quick about uh, Nexamp, we are uh, based in Boston. We've got over 150 employees. Um, 
mostly in the Boston area. Our team in Maryland is about six or so folks. Um, but frankly, we've hired two folks in the last uh, couple months, so we're hiring quickly in this area. Um, we've been around for 10 years. We have built projects in over 100 communities. We have over 150 megawatts of operating projects um, throughout the generally the northeastern United States, uh, including a, a two-megawatt project right here in uh, Chester, in Queen Anne's County in Chester um, that you, you might have driven by down on uh, near Benton's Pleasure. On, uh, on Woods Point Road. Um, and we've got two more starting construction soon and a bunch in the pipeline, so we're quite active in, in Maryland right now. Um, these are some of the partners that we've worked with, um, and uh, we've actually, I think, worked with uh, the county itself in, trying, in finding customers for the uh, project that we um, have in Chester. Um, but these are some of the entities. Um, real quick about the project itself. Um, it's located on Leeds Road in Elkton. Um, it is 2.748 uh, megawatts DC. Um, uh, it, it, uh, 2 megawatts AC. Um, it'll produce 4.3 million kilowatt hours uh, per year, which amounts to about a third of the, of the county's uh, annual consumption. So this, will, this project by itself will offset about a third of what the county is currently using. Um, now, what is the benefit to the county? Um, as Alan said, uh, it is a guaranteed 10% discount, um, which uh, uh, is, that, that is our business model. That is uh, how we're selling the electricity um, for the project that we've already, we have operating um, in Chester, as I mentioned. Um, and specifically, um, and this is a, um, a, a quick overview of, of what the project is actually going to look like. Um, but, whoops. There we go. Um, so, very specifically, the benefit to the county, as Alan said, is about $40,000 per year of savings. Um, so, the project is going to um, deliver about $400,000 worth of electricity to the county, and the county will, will pay $360,000 for that electricity instead of $400,000. That is the basic um, uh, deal that we are offering. Two important things about this. First, it is a guaranteed discount, um, which means if the price if, is currently about $0.09, cents, if it goes down to $0.07, cents, you're going to pay us 10% less than that. If it goes up to $0.11, cents, you're going to pay us 10% less than that. So the price of the electricity under our contract will float along with, uh, in parallel with Delmarva Power's um, electricity prices. Um, second important thing to note, we are not using uh, county-owned property. So this is going to be on a, uh, a farm that, we, that Nexamp is essentially leasing um, for the project uh, in the town of Elkton. Um, so it's not using up any rooftops or fields behind Safety Drive or anything like that. This is we're bringing the site um, to the county. Um, over 20, a 20-year 20 period, we estimate that the, the savings will be about $930,000. If there's no inflation, if utility prices stay exactly the same for that entire period, um, it would be about 780000 but we think they'll go up by about 2%. Uh, during that time period. 
Um, and this is uh, just a chart of what that would look like um, in terms of the savings uh, to the county. Um, now, the, the billing and um, pricing structure for this, as you can imagine, when the price is floating um, but tied to the utility price, um, there's a lot of details involved with um, how that's all calculated. Um, as Alan said, we've worked with uh, Noel Chesser from um, NLX, who is the consultant for um, SMEC, um, and we've worked with um, uh, Renee Sheehy from the uh, from Delmarva Power, um, who I think is your sort of your customer representative, um, and we've worked out the billing arrangements with them. But um, uh, and I'm happy to get into the details of this. But the bottom line is um, we calculate the, um, the the current price that the county is paying, and we and we charge you ninety uh, percent of that. Um, and um, we, NextAmp, gets the benefit of the renewable energy credits that the facility produces, which we monetize those credits. We get the benefit of the federal income tax um, uh, credit, um, all that stuff. That, that is how NextAmp um, finances the project and, and monetizes it. Um, so I am going to stop right there. Um, and uh, if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them now. Um, but I'll stop right there. So why are you building in Caroline County? C oh, Cecil. Uh, Cecil County. I'm sorry, Cecil County. Um, it happened to be where the site, um, we found a, a landowner that was uh, uh, wanted to work with us, um, and uh, it just luck of the draw, basically. Okay. Um, we have another uh, a community solar project that is still in early stages, but in um, Queen Anne's County, so we're still active in Queen Anne's County. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. Anybody else have any questions? Yeah. Seems pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Alan, you don't need any, nothing's required of us at this time, right? No, if you, if you want to move forward, um, Patrick's already looked at the draft pub, uh, power purchase agreement, but I'll bring that in December 8th or whatever the second Tuesday in December is, and you execute it and then we're done. Okay. Very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little mystified by the 10% uh, under deal because that seems to me to offer a lot of strangenesses. Uh, so you're going to provide what percent of Queen Anne County's power? Um, it'll be about a third of the overall electricity that the county consumes. Um, uh, so the county, I think... Uh, so is that, is that your full output put, or do you go to the end of the month and then bill us, figure so, out what they did? Yeah. How do you even agitate this thing? It's complicated. Yeah, the, how we allocate the electricity every month is complicated. Um, it is 100% of the electricity from this project will go to Queen Anne's County. So it's, you're the only customer for this project. Um, and so once you sign the, the a purchase agreement with us, that's how we uh, finance the project, is once we have a, a customer locked in for, for 20 years. Um, uh, but... In terms of the allocation, we, we actually have to give uh, Delmarva Power what's called a, a waterfall of accounts, which is just a giant list of all the accounts that we want them to credit the electricity to. And so the first 200 kilowatt hours will go to um, this building or wherever it is and just down the list until you get to the bottom and you run out of kilowatt hours to, to allocate. And then some of the accounts on the bottom won't get filled that, that particular month. <coughs> To understand it. <laughs> so the courthouse would probably be at the top of the list, the yep. new courthouse. 
Vincent probably be the second one on the list, and then they'll go through and see what's left from a lucrative point of view or a consumption point of view, and work down until they run out of allocation. We're, we're already using uh, eight of the biggest consumers already with air array, being this is building being one detention number one, Liberty Health. So those those accounts are a little bit out of play, and they were they were the big ones too. So that, what's, when he says about a third of the county, it's a third of the remaining after those big ones. Right. But and it, like I said, it, for instance, uh, on any given month, we always power the detention center with our array. But uh, if it rains a lot, we may not get yeah. down very far. We may, the fourth account may be fully covered, but then after that, Delmarver and uh, Washington Gas takes up the slack. And they'll, they'll do the same thing. It'll just cascade down through, say, 30 accounts until they run out of power, and then, yeah. then the Delmarva and Washington Gas pick up. No, I mean, it's just beyond my comprehension because obviously if it's a month of cloudy days and you know i i mean so not only the variable of, i mean there are about four variables feeding into this equation um so it the amount of electricity produced does vary every month you know it's more in the spring and summer um uh so there will be some months where we're not delivering a whole lot to the county but you just purchase the the remainder from your no, I, I understand yeah. how that how the backup works. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. The thing I like about this model is that um, if they screw up, they don't get paid. As opposed to where we're at now, when they first approached me, I said, "Look, I got three balls in the air right now between Tesla, which is now solar or was Solar City, Solar City was now Tesla, Delmarva, and Washington Gas and Electric. I got." On those, just those few accounts, every month I have to reconcile those three accounts, and I, I told them right up front, last thing I wanted to have a fourth ball in the air. So they had to convince me that it was going to be worth my while and the fact that they would be taking the risk if they didn't do with their job, right? So if they don't do their job right, they lose money. So I like that kind of, kind of like that model. Alan, does, does uh, Delmarva's power rate to us get set by commission or by them by decision? Well, I think it's by, every, by the uh, PSC. So that's their rates, yeah. What, what was the answer? Um, so oh, it's, the service commission sets Delmarva's rates. Is that what yeah. you asked me? I yeah. asked you how Delmarva's, because I wondered if we started buying less power, would they jack the price up 10 you know? I don't believe they're allowed to do that. They, yeah, they can't do that. Yeah. You see what I mean? I mean, yeah. you can see why I'd ask the question. Yes, I understand, yeah. Um, you're not as big a customer after um, for them, yeah. I'll say. <laughs> um, uh, so um, the 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 rates. There are a bunch of different charges um, on your bill, um, and as Alan said, um, all of those are set by the Public Service Commission, and they're it's all set forth in the utilities tariff and in the regulations. Um, you also buy your supply from a third party from, from Washington Gas, but yeah. good enough. Thank you, sir. The way the regulation was written, it really, in my opinion, not that I'm an expert by any means, it really hurt those conventional power companies because not only do they take supply from them, you take delivery from them. And delivery is, is the one that's going up like this. Right. Supply is relatively flat. It, it was going down. We were only paying 4.55 cents a couple months ago just for supply. Mm -hmm. It bounced up a little bit. So it's 5.75 now. But delivery or, or what you call <coughs> distribution, it's, it's going straight. I think that's from so many people putting solar on the roofs of their houses and everything else. They got to be able to keep up the infrastructure, so they just they 
They nail you with that that fee. It's Transmission lines cost. It costs more than than the electric for sure. Yeah, that's where we're spending our money cutting trees, keeping trees, and that that's a lot yeah. of money. To, and then a lot of that. A lot of that plant, a lot of that infrastructure, it's got some serious age to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about the money that Delmar was spent on that uh, new transfer station out there by uh, 305. Yeah. Plus, the, 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 I don't know, distribution is what scares me from a cost point of view. Right. And for whatever reason, the way the legislation was written, if you all set a kilowatt hour, everything that's a volumetric, which is a kilowatt hour, goes with it. Mm -hmm. That's... We would, we're underwater on our main array if it were strictly replacing supply. We could buy it cheaper through Delmarva, but the, distribu the distribution <coughs> charges are what we're making our money off of. Huh. Well, deregulation did that years ago. Once they deregulated years ago and you could buy it from Colorado, they got smarter here locally and said, well, how are you going to get it here? Oh, yeah, them power lines, right? Well, guess what you're going to do? You're going to pay for them power lines now. Yep. That's when it happens. <clears throat> Any other questions for us? Very good. Thank you very much. Real Appreciate quick, it. Actually, Thank no, you. I do have one. So, and Todd, you may have an update on this. So, the reason the uh, one didn't get built out there at uh, Marydale, the, the big plant, that was, I know it's a Delmarva, it wasn't supposed to be Delmarva, but it is Delmarva. Mm -hmm. The reason they said they weren't building it is because the uh, production costs or the, you know, um, to do it was so they were buying it cheaper than what they could have capitalized that project for. Is there any update? Are they ever going to build that out there? Because oh. I mean, that's the only one we've had in the county that's actually made it all the way through and got approved well, right from the big, big 60, I think I was 60 megawatt. On 404? Was that the one you're referring to? You know which one you're referring to? No, the, yeah. the one in Marydale, straight outside of Marydale. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Jones Farm. It was the yeah. Jones Farm. Jones Farm, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know I, why I they can have. tell you that sighting a solar array is not that easy because, if the, again, if the wire is in front of you, it's just like a pipe, just like a water pipe. Yeah. If, the, if the wire is in front of you, you can't take that flow, then you're going to have to pay to, to upgrade those wires right, in, to get it in there. addition to your array. So right. you just can't sit them anywhere. That's probably one reason that your site in Elkton was so attractive. I guess yes. it had big, big pipes in front of it. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you all very much. Thank you. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, commissioners, moving on, we can go to our uh, new business. So if you want to flip back to uh, tab number three. What about yeah. item number four? I have, yeah, I have an item four in here, John. Do you have an item number four? Oh, that's a public hearing. We have a petition to abandon the portion of Kenton Airport oh, South. Public hearing. That's at 630. Okay. Thank yeah. you. So we can move to uh, tab number three. Item one on page one is a proclamation for uh, pillar of the month, citizenship. Where are they? Who's well, you can just read it. Hey, this is just for us. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> the proclamation reader. Well, you got one. You have that voice, you know. You do. Radio voice. <laughs> and a radio face. I was say. <laughs> right, Jack? I was going to say. That's a good joke, actually. <laughs> Proclamation, Pillar of the Month for November, Citizenship. Whereas Queen Anne's County was declared a Characters Counts community, and whereas all citizens have been called upon to embrace the six pillars of character and incorporate them into their daily activities and to mold these traits of good character in word and in deed. And whereas the Character Counts Pillar of the Month is November in, is citizenship, and whereas all citizens will incorporate this value in their daily lives by helping their neighbors without regard to economic status, race, religion, 
affiliation, or any other social indicators. And whereas all citizens will strive to volunteer in some capacity with Havens Ministries or any other organization to make our community a better place. And whereas all citizens will stay informed and become involved in the democratic process through civil discourse with a focus of protecting our vulnerable community members and whereas all citizens will take advantage of their right to vote and in doing so realizing that part of practicing good citizenship is being informed about candidates and issues whereas all citizens will obey the county state and federal laws and rules now therefore we the county commissioners of Queen Anne's County do hereby proclaim the character counts pillar of the month for November to be citizenship thank you very well. Thank you, Commissioner Dumanel. Very, very well done. <laughs> okay, moving on. To, um, item two on page two. This is a memo from uh, Margie Hauk, and um, she, we are just inquiring. Um, this is the schedule for the remaining meetings of this calendar year, and we were inquiring whether or not you wanted to have a meeting on December 22nd or not. We will I be mean, meeting on the 24th. I, I would say the, the 22nd is probably a date we could probably miss a meeting on. I'm okay. I'm good. Don't care. Don't care. Okay. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm good either way. I mean, I mean, we. Just, uh, however, I think we should probably make it up the day after Christmas. We should probably do it. We then. could do that. We could do it then, right? Wait, twenty second. Wait a minute. Yes. Hold on. No, no, we can't meet the twenty second. Never mind. Yeah. Duh. I forgot all about that. So, can I get a motion to? Uh, Post or cancel the December 22nd county commissioners meeting. I'll make a motion we, we're going to cancel the December 22nd meeting because so close to the holidays we don't want to have anybody have to burden themselves with coming in. <laughs> second. We have a second. Any other discussion? <laughs> Seeing none. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? So aye. moved. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, item three on page four is a Subordination agreement for a moderately priced dwelling unit, and this is a request to approve and sign a, an agreement for Miss Patty to attain a lower interest rate and reduce her payment on her current mortgage. This is from our Housing Community Services Group. I move to approve and sign the subordination agreement for Holly Patty for her to obtain a lower interest rate and reduce the payment on her current mortgage. Can I make a suggestion? Second, by the way. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Shouldn't that not be our business, but just let the county executive handle these important handoffs of a mortgage or something like that? It seems like it's I think that that's something important and just as us. Well, I think that that's uh, you, you, it's a good point. Somebody needs to come to us and tell us the pros and the cons to it. If we are going to remove it from our duties. Just to make sure we're doing the right thing. Yeah, we can we can certainly investigate that yeah. and then make a, these informational items so that you know they're being you know, executed. Uh, but if you want to do that as part right. of the protocol going forward, we can check onto that. No. Because I'm yeah. trying to, you know, to Steve's point, I'm trying to figure out why would we ever say no to this? Yeah, was there ever been a discussion yeah. about it? Right, right, right. So it seems like so, more ministerial. Exactly. It should have gone bad before it got to us. It was bad. Right, yeah. right. Okay. So we are, we are voting to move to approve and sign the subordination agreement for Holly Patty for her to obtain a lower interest rate and reduce the payment of her current mortgage. Any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. 
Item four on page nine is a rural legacy grant agreement. And this uh, was approved by the Board of Public Works. This is a grant agreement for $774,338 for um, easement acquisitions in the Foreman Branch Rural Legacy area. So can I get a motion on that, please? I move to approve and sign the Foreman Branch Rural Legacy Grant Agreement for $774,038. Second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Yeah. And we thank Donna Landis-Smith for this, another uh, project that she's completed, and this is for 165.6 acres. Okay. Um, item 5 on page 27 is the fiscal year 21 Department of Parks and Recreation fireworks contract with Zambelli. And this is a, a little larger contract for next year. And... Uh, for $30,000. Going to get a motion on that. I move to authorize the Department of Public and Parks and Recreation to execute the fireworks contract with Zambelli Inc. for the July fireworks celebration to be held on Wednesday, June 30th, 2021, with a rain date of Thursday, July 1, 2021, in the amount of $30,000. Second. So, and, I, and I will say that the additional money is going to be well spent. I, I saw this show, and ours was great last year. This is definitely kicking it up a notch. It's... It, I think this is where we'll probably sit. What, what are we spending all around the county? I mean, this is a hell of a holiday is all I got to say. Well, no, the, I mean, we're, we're spending 30. Here and then we're in for Centerville. And I think the, the, the Centerville one, we were either 2,000 or 5,000. Five. Yeah, so 35, yeah. And didn't we give Suttlersville or somebody else? I don't. We did one year, but didn't yeah, just, last year. Yeah, just one. They didn't so, okay. And Centerville hasn't been back into ask, but I'm sure now that they see this, they probably will remember and come in. <laughs> can, can, why, are, why are we getting further away from July 4th? That's my question. We were a loyal We, we put year. that in. We put that for, for the Kent Narrows Development Foundation to select. So there's no sense of really, you know, the, the, the mindset is if you put it on a Friday or a Saturday night when they're always packed anyways, it doesn't bring more people in and it actually just sits there and actually costs them money because people, the theory was they wouldn't get up and turn the tables over. So if you put it on a Thursday or a Monday or a Tuesday when they're not that busy, maybe this helps attract people and helps with the traffic control and everything else. That's so this will be so this will be so ju uh, June thirtieth is a Wednesday mm -hmm. in twenty twenty one. It's just I don't know. I, and July first. Oh, we can. We if you want to. July first and second. This uh, July. July 1st and 2nd is, it, well, July 2nd's the weekend. I mean, that's... Yeah, July 2nd's a Friday, and I think the price goes a little higher, too, with these groups. Because when it's you get a, on the because it's a Friday? And the because it's, you, the closer you get, yeah. if you're oh, on I understand July 4th... That. Right. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is, if we're so far back, so far back from the 4th, which is technically Sunday, so we're literally five days back from the actual July 4th date, why are we paying 10000 more? It's because we'll get more. It's, it's a bigger show. Bigger show. Yeah. And that's why we're getting a better bang for a buck, no pun intended. I kind of like it, though. I don't know. I just, I'm sorry. We were one of their only customers this past year because we held the line and, and yeah. did it. I would have thought we'd have got preferential treatment to get it on the 4th. We can. Even we Jack, we can. We can. Okay. This is I mean, it's a Sunday. I, look, I get it that they want more people down there, but I think it's more important for the people from North County, South County, everything Make the else motion. Go to the... Uh, Amend it. 
Well, I'd like, well, I got, we got to find out the probability that we can do it on the fourth first. Obviously, these dates were given to them. And so then, so then let's want to table it. And so get, then let's uh, table it for the fourth, so we can do some more research on it. I mean, I'd just like to know if we can get it on the fourth. I would like to have the fourth of July on the fourth of July. It's just, yeah. Call me old fashioned, but I mean, maybe yeah. we get it cheaper next week. <laughs> we can do. We can do Christmas hey, Eve yeah, fireworks. Yeah, we can shoot a turkey off, right? Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. I, I, now you're onto something. I think so. We have a motion. and We have a second. Do we need to? Re- I guess we just need. Well, to- I, I'd rather table it to see if the date's available. I it agree. May, may so, so my question is, how do we back out of the motion and? Who second? made the motion? I can table my motion. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay. okay. That's all we need. Table the motion. All right. Todd, so we'll, we're gonna- we'll table that, and you prefer to have it on on, on the fourth of July if it's available. And what's the additional cost? And that's a Sunday. And remind them that we were the only ones last year to stay in the game. That's right. Um, is there an alternative second choice date if the fourth is unavailable? Or just as close to the fourth the as third. we can? Well, third would be what, Saturday? Or we can third give you a Saturday. couple options. We'll, we'll get a couple options. How about that? That's fine. Okay. okay. <laughs> but but uh, let's also think about it's in the summertime. Is it, If it's on a Sunday and people are coming back from the beach, are we going to have a problem with... Oh, we were, we're going to have that problem anyways. At least now they get to see something. That's true. <laughs> Hey, give them a reason to stop. Hey, right. think of all the little roadside vendors we can set out there and all the money people can make selling lemonade or whatever to watch the fireworks. So, uh, so, but, but seriously, I mean, we... we it we, is a busy we, traffic we cert- You know, we joke, but we need to take that in consideration. That's a very good point. Is Monday, July 5th going to be a holiday? Which one's going to be the holiday? Monday. Yeah, Monday. Monday will be the holiday. It would be Monday. So people will be coming back on Monday, not necessarily Hopefully as so, much yeah. Sunday. Hopefully. So, Todd, you can find out for... The first okay. through the fifth, the cost difference yeah. in availability. Okay. All right. Very good. Okay. Uh, moving on. Item number six on page 28. This is the um, uh, a repeat from last week. This is a capital project for some fencing at Route 18 Park and the concrete mow strip. And, um, <laughs> they didn't we, know we had a cement guy, no, did they? I, was, I, did, we, uh, I got to fall on the sword here. I, you know, yeah, I, I oopsed it. Uh, it did include the fence. So okay. Oops. You, oops. Nothing. You were yeah. just making sure. So, anyways. Anyway, so the, the work does include a fence and a concrete mow strip. I believe it's about right six thousand for the mow strip, uh, concrete mow strip, and the balance eight thousand for the fence. So uh, we did find that that out. So can I get a motion on that, please? I move to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreations to contract with Long Fence Company to install new home run fencing with a concrete mow strip. And to replace existing home run fencing at Route 18 Park, utilizing the Prince George's County Public Schools IFB 003-18 pre-established government contract. Second. Any discussion? I just appreciate you getting them to throw that fence in for free. That was, they heard you. The what? They, they threw the fence in for free after you threw that fence. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. appreciate Thanks, that. that. Thanks for the say. Appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. <laughs> all right. Thank you, commissioners. Okay. Uh, item number seven is the, um, on page 39, is the next generation 911 core services provider and change in the 911 delivery plan. And this is from our Department of Emergency Services in conjunction with the Eastern Shore Communications Alliance. This is the RFP they sent out to replace the system. And this would be for all nine counties on the shore. So can I get a motion on that, please? I move to authorize director of the Department of Emergency Services to execute a five-year contract with AT&T to provide a standard compliant emergency services IP network along with the next-gen core services in the amount of one million eighty thousand eight hundred thirty-nine seventy. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? 
Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Both. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Okay, item number eight on page 41 is um, this is a, a request to spend some additional CARES money to provide a 911 backup center in the basement of the historic courthouse. And this is primarily for the Motorola work to get the uh, infrastructure there to provide that backup center. I move to authorize director of the Department of Emergency Services to purchase the equipment necessary create six workstations capable of communicating on the state of Maryland 700 megahertz radio system utilizing CARES Act funding, totaling $255,530 and double zero cents. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? Scott. Yes. Um, a backup emergency 911 center. So something happens to the our primary and it goes down. We don't have to rely on other counties to be our backup 911. We would have our own. Correct. Permanently in the basement of the courthouse. Correct. Okay. Currently, we do not have the capability, and currently, if we go down for any reason, we cannot be 100% a 911 center at a different location. And, we're, and at that point, if I understand it correctly, we're relying on other jurisdictions to now dispatch for us. Yes. Which is scary. Yes. Not, I mean, in the sense that it response times, okay. And we're one of two counties on the eastern shore that do not have a backup 911 center. Okay. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Caroline's the other. It was something we hugely needed, but being able to catch a ride on this CARES funding is fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Well, well now you say Caroline here. County, you basically what you're saying is if you don't have a hospital, you don't get a backup center? It's something like that. Okay. <laughs> Just check. So, but we're proving that wrong tonight. Right. There you go. All right, so we are, uh, the motion is to move to authorize the director of the Department of Emergency Services to purchase the equipment necessary to create six workstations capable of communicating on the state of Maryland 700 megahertz radio system utilizing CARES Act funding totaling $255,530. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, commissioners. Um, as we continue on, uh, item number nine on page uh, 42 is another CARES Act uh, funding request for a logistics truck for the county. And this unit will be utilized to facilitate procurement and distribution of PPE and support of the COVID-19 testing in all weather conditions and uh, hopefully to provide support for delivery of a new vaccine into the citizens of the county soon. Can I get a motion on that, please? I move to authorize the director the Department of Emergency Services to purchase a 2020 Ram Tradesman 3500 four-wheel drive crew cab from Criswell Automotive and fleet sales piggybacking off the Montgomery County, Maryland, off the lot new vehicles and equipment contract, totaling $48,243 utilizing County CARES Act funding. Second. Any discussion? So how, how are we getting PPE suits distributed now? A variety of ways. So this is, this is more than just delivering PPE suits. Um, long term, the vehicle is basically going under the health department, and it's the health department's care funding that's paying for it. And when the CARES, or excuse me, when the COVID crisis is over with, the, the plan is to move the vehicle into the Department of Emergency Services afterwards. 
The reason we're getting a 3,500 uh, truck is because of the trailers that we have to haul and the equipment that we have to haul around, not so much delivering PPE. But we're getting a crew cab so the nursing staff can do remote locations during the CARES. Copy. Thank you. Any other discussion? Seeing on all those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, Commissioners. Item number 10 on page 43 is a request to purchase an administrative um, emergency response vehicle, and this is a systematic replacement uh, using our um, uh, department department's um, FY21 capital budget. Can I get a motion on that, please? I move to authorize the director of the Department of Emergency Services to purchase a 2021 Chevy Ta Chevrolet Tahoe from Hetrick Fleet Services piggybacking off the Howard County, Maryland, off the lot contract for the amount of $37,544. And this is just to replace one that's... Second. Oh, sorry. This is to, to replace one that is just <coughs> high mileage worn out? This is a normal replacement. Uh, this vehicle has had about eight years of service, and we're running into a lot of difficulty because it was T-boned about four years ago, and okay. it has not worked right since then. Gotcha. Good. Thank you. All right. With no further conversation on this one, uh, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Margie, item 9 and 10 were both 5 O's. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Item 11 is uh, the cardiac AED program, and this is a, um, a request to purchase cardiac equipment uh, for automatic external defibrillators uh, for law enforcement vehicles and county-owned buildings and vehicles. So can I get a motion on that, please? I move to authorize the Director of the Department of Emergency Services to purchase 24 striker automated external defibrillators and accessories under the State of Maryland contract pricing totaling $37,753. Second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Can I give you one quick update? Absolutely. Too? Sure. Not good. Uh, one thing that I'm really proud of is we attended the numbers board meeting on October 29th and the renovations that you approved a few months ago for the 911 center, and we said a lot of it dangled around getting a grant. We got a half a million dollars worth of grant funding to go towards the renovations. So we get to take half a million dollars back? Uh, uh, technically, yes, you can. Awesome. Well, very good. Thank you very much. You're back on the Christmas Thanks for the list. Update. Well done, Scott. Very good. Well very done. Good. Thank you very good much. Good job. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. All right. All right, Commissioners, item number 12 on page 48 is Budget Amendment CC20 from the Board of Elections. This, this amendment recognizes a grant from the Center uh, for Technology and Civic Life for $22,370 for... <laughs> Uh, planning and operationalizing safe and secure elections here in Queen Anne's County. Motion to approve CC20. All right, thanks, Scott. Second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, Commissioners. Item number 13 on page. Desktop? This is desk item, excuse me, so no page number. Item 13, this is a uh, support letter um, to Governor Hogan, and 
his cabinet staff members. This is a funding and commitment letter for the, uh, the YMCA Senior Center Project. Um, as you know, the, uh, the YMCA has received about $7.76 million in private contributions. Uh, we are seeking an additional area on aging grant of $800,000 for the Senior Center component of the, uh, the facility. They have now requested, as we know, a million dollars out of the governor's budget, and we are, uh, they are seeking an another commitment of uh, $2.5 million from the county to go along with this commitment letter to leverage those uh, governor, the Governor Hogan's uh, capital funds, and they can be spread out over uh, several fiscal years um, going forward. So I think um, uh, Robbie Gill may be here today, and uh, I know Kathy Willis is, is here tonight as well for her uh, uh, update. So uh, I know she's excited about the senior center component on this project too. So if you have any questions, uh, they are both here to address those. Should we make a motion first? Should we make a motion first? You can. Yeah, you can. Sure. I can make a motion. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I move to sign the YMCA thank you letter to the governor. Second. We have a motion and a second. Is a uh, discussion. Okay, somebody's got to talk because I got to. Mr. Wells. So, I was treated to and enjoyed a uh, nice interview with Mr. Uh, Gil. 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 Yeah, Robbie. Many names. <laughs> Too old. Uh, it seemed to me, and what I said to you in that discussion we had some days ago, that I would be highly interested as an individual commissioner in this deal if the MOU that we have with the YMCA got redrawn in a way that was equitable to both the county and the YMCA. And Without that, I don't want to sign a letter committing us to do something that then commits us to do it without getting that straightened out. So there's a kind of precedence of what I'm talking about because there are a lot of things in that MOU that need, or several things that need a rewrite. And if we can get that done, but I ain't going to vote on this without that, and at least just personally, mm -hmm. because it does commit us, I think. So is this the MOU that was written by the last set of commissioners? What's the question? Yeah. The, this MOU was, was written by the last set of commissioners? Yeah. Yeah, okay. this is the property donation agreement that was yeah. signed in 2015. Yeah. So when we donated I, I the guess property. And now, now that we've broken the ice, mm -hmm. I, I'm confused at where the $2.5 million was ever agreed upon because, you know, originally we talked about this five years ago, six years ago. Uh, with you, Phil, uh, there, was a, there was an option for $2 million for the YMCA, and then when the next term a set of commissioners came in, there was an option to give the land in lieu of the $2 million. But I don't recall anywhere where we ever voted to put $2.5 million of taxpayer money into this program. So we, I don't believe we voted on it either. I, well, think, it, I think it was just more of a, it's more of a request no, it's, in order to... According to the county, it's in the... Uh, it's in the MOU budget plan. So, you know, our, our six-year plan, correct? Yeah, there is a placeholder in there. We have a lot of projects that are in the capital budget plan that, you know, that are in the out years that, you know, we... But they get there somehow. 
they, they were put they were put in requested by the departments they were put in the budget we don't typically go through the the out year yeah, but the YMCA projects. is not is not a department of ours so I, I mean I'm, I'm just trying to find out the when it was put plan was part of um, yeah. the public works and Department of Community Services we put it in and in FY 21 we did it together the two departments to show all of the pieces that so we just got put in the, in this budget cycle. Yeah, yes. right, which we're, yeah. we're in now Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so and primarily to recognize the state grants we were going to pursue from right. uh, the area on aging. Now I piece now I understand. Okay. It all pieces together with all. The I knew I should have gone to you first. Okay. Commissioner Moran, the project is vastly different today than it was right. ten years ago. Correct. <coughs> now we're, we're putting so now the senior, it's a senior aspect, center, right. right? So if if we didn't have that on there, we wouldn't be talking that money. Oh, sure. Right. No, so, yeah. But I agree with uh, Commissioner Wilson. I think there's a couple items in that MOU that needs to be ironed out uh, before we should take a vote. Is this time sensitive right now to do this right this minute? The letter to the governor is time sensitive. <clears throat> so if you're not comfortable making that commitment, we need some kind of letter to the governor and your financial commitment to that can dictate how well we do with getting okay. some funds. So, can I just right. br briefly mention? Sure. There in in section B, number four of that agreement, it speaks directly to the fact that if the YMCA ceases to exist yeah. and the county doesn't decide they want to buy the facility, which is what section uh, A gives you the right to buy the facility at fair market value, or number three, number four then says if the facility was sold, then the county gets the money back that they committed, in essence, in purchasing the collective of the land. So you could easily address uh, Commissioner Wilson's concern by just saying, okay, if at any point you follow those same guidelines and on top of the fact that the county is going to get back the money for the land, they would also get the $2.5 back. So there's already a provision in there that would allow you to re recoup those funds if the YMCA ceases to exist and it was sold that you get those funds back. You could add, just add in this additional two and a half and you would have it. Are those the concerns in the MOU that you, that you have, you were thinking uh, about? I don't really know because I would want to go over that and look at it. I don't like signing right. multi-million dollar deals when we don't know what the hell we're doing. We, I agree with believe you. me when I say I know what you're talking about, okay? So <laughs> we are dealing with issues now with that. So uh, I think that, I still think that we, we can move forward with approving the letter and get a commitment from you to understand that we are going to go through the MOU. Sure. 100%. And, and we are going to change those items that Pat and Steve and the rest of us feel need to be adjusted. Our board is comfortable with that. Does that commit us to making this contribution, no. whether or not they come to an agreement? No, because this, it, this is... Do this, we need to put that part in there about oh, contribution? Stevie, Stevie, what we're saying in here is that we that have included $2.5 in our five-year plan. It doesn't say Right, but do we have to say there. that? Does it make it's a, a written check. It says we've included. We have money in there to build schools in our five-year plan doesn't mean we're going to build them in the five no, years. Oh, I take so, that point I mean, the, 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 the wording, I think, leaves it to the point, just like we deal with most capital projects, that if something was to happen... Things. I, I don't know. I'm just... But, I mean, it clearly like states... i table this until we get settled, what the agreement is, and then we know, then we know whether we're telling the state we're going to commit to it. Well, I, I, and I understand your point, and I agree with your point. Uh, you know... Robbie said that, you know, the, the, the areas of concern that we can... What he's done is to confine my argument to a part that is very clear and discreet and small. But I'm not sure that my argument is... I want to look at the whole MOU. 
And I agree with that. And, and I'm saying we can okay. we can definitely revisit. Yeah, we, the the Y doesn't have any issue with that. Commissioner Wilson's point is well said. Right. The the letter of the governor basically just substantiates the county is is has made plans to participate as a part of the senior center. And then in essence, what helps in that regard is now you have private contributions, county contributions that are leveraged to where the governor knows. I'm, for the amount of money I'm putting in, I'm leveraging that to make a bigger impact in that community, right. which right. puts us higher on the list, hopefully, to get the capital grant. Right. But if and, we put and, the $2.5 million in there, could the governor come back and his $1 million is contingent on us doing $2.5 million? He could, but we should have But, but it doesn't say when we have to do the $2.5. Okay. You know, and, and that's the, one of the conversations where, you know, we could do, you know, half a million dollars a year for five years. I mean, you know, there's, there's no set point to that, but I, I, I would like to see a, a 5-0 vote, but I understand your concerns, and I agree with your concerns, but I think that we can get those ironed out and still do the I'm letter. I'm very much in favor of a YMCA. I want a good agreement with the YMCA. Correct. I, and I, I want the Y. Right. I think we can work that out very quickly with the, with the YMCA, the Chesapeake and, and Commissioner Wilson. We have that, that here, and yeah, and I, and, and I don't think on the governor's grants he can make a contingency, Chris. I don't, I, I don't think there's a matching component to it. So, yeah. again, I, I don't think we can be held to it. It's, right. it's we're committing it. You know, and it could be year five. And, and again, I, we don't know that schedule. I have to say, so. I really would like to make this deal. I was thunderstruck by this complete deal back when. And after that, I just want to make sure our paperwork is good, sir. Sure, I understand. Yeah, right. but it's also when you say it, it's a YMCA and a senior center. So you're investing in oh. a senior center within this community to do. No, that. no, no. You don't need to sell me on the project. I think the project fabulous, but I'm not sure as fabulous as the MOU. So we have no issue re re looking at that and working through it. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I, I just one more thing I want Absolutely. to say. Can we can yes. we build a uh, can we build a senior center for two point five million dollars? Mm, probably. With all the amenities that this YMCA is going to have? Well, if you're saying a senior center with a pool and all the other stuff, no. But okay. if, this, if this deal works for $2 million, you're buying $7 million of contributions. It's absolutely a good deal for the county if you get the deal right. Okay. And we, the deal will be right. Okay. All right, so let's see. So uh, any other discussion? No. Okay, so we are moving to uh, move to sign the YMCA thank you letter for uh, Governor Hogan, to Governor Hogan. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. 5-0. Thank you. Thank I look forward to working with you guys. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Commissioners. All right. Y'all have a nice evening. You too. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for coming up. Okay, our last desk item, number 14. Item 14 is a letter of support for the Kent Island Federation of Arts, and they are seeking a support letter so they can... <coughs> pursue a $5,000 grant for their summer 2021 program. Tell us a Chesapeake story and art exhibit. Exhibition, excuse me. Motion to sign the Kent Island Federation of Arts uh, support letter. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Hey, Todd, there was another one from uh, the Centerville Arts Council. That I forwarded you. Same type of scenario where they have not been. They have matching grants, but they've been okay. unable to do fundraising, and they were asking for a letter of support to the state because their money coming from the state. Did you get that? Okay, I did not see that, okay. but I can certainly get a support letter uh, yeah. for them. Well, just let me know tomorrow if you don't have it, and I'll send it again. But they sent it asking for you know like the firehouse and everyone else. They can't yeah. do fundraisers, 
and theirs is matching grant money from the state to do these art programs, and they don't have any money to, to do it, and they're asking us to write a letter asking the state to do a one-time, you know, we're not going to require the matching funds so they can keep going with those projects. So while we're on that subject, I think that's a good subject and a good segue to adding to the agenda for the uh, 2nd November meeting. We should have our numbers from the state mm -hmm. in terms of revenue to discuss some of these items, the volunteer fire departments, uh, in terms of getting them some help and uh, the employees and that kind of thing. So we should make that a, and set aside some time. I thought it was the 15th. So December 8th meeting to put that on there. We can, we can start having those conversations next meeting so we're prepared on the 8th so we can. Good. Still, still okay. not have our last meeting of the year, hopefully. All right. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Okay, commissioners, thank you. Um, so let's go back to tab two and have our public hearing on the petition to close a portion of Kenton Arrows Way South. And I think uh, Mr. Thompson is still here. And Mr. Shane Moore, our chief roads engineer. So this is... Um, Uh, to Todd, does this go through the same process with advertising it as any land that we get rid of? Pat, do we have to advertise this? Yes, it was advertised. It, it was advertised. You have to advertise. The hearing was advertised. I, I'm just yeah. referring. I'll, I'll talk to you later. This is a little bit different, but it's a pub, this is a public hearing for a road abandonment, and then we would want to probably do a quick claim deed. But to answer your question, do we have to advertise again to for a notice to... Uh, dispose of this, I don't believe that's no, uh, I don't think that's required in this case since we're having a public hearing to close. Why, why wouldn't it be? I mean, well, well typically when you abandon a road, it, the, the road goes to the adjacent landowners. Oh. The, the property owners on either side close in close the in. middle. The only reason I'm so the roads, are, the roads are different than real estate and everything else. It's a different format and everything for roads. Yeah, they're okay. different. Law, There's no so. money, but it still it transfers it to somebody. Right. Yeah, but but, but if, if, if you wouldn't sell it to somebody who then at that point would own it and then block anything that would take place on an adjacent property of that road. I mean, what, what I don't understand why you would have to advertise that we're doing this. You don't. You don't. Yeah. Well, you have to advertise. That you intend to close the road. Okay. And it was. Which has been done. Okay. All right. Ready? Very good. Thank you. All right. This is a public hearing being held by the County Commissioner of Queen Anne's County November 10th, 2020, at 6 30 p.m. in the County Commissioner's Meeting Room, 107 North Liberty Street, Centerville, Maryland. To receive public comments on a proposal to close a portion of Kidnares Way South being the westernmost portion of said public road containing 4,493 square feet or less. Citizens uh, <laughs> are asked to participate by email, live, video, uh, audio, and uh, uh, through the county website, www.qac.org. Speakers will be limited to three minutes each. Written testimony of any length may be submitted to the commissioners on or before the hearing date. 
complete copies of the proposed resolution closing the Aftersud Road and the plat and survey of the same have been available to the County Commissioner's Office uh, or the Queen Anne's County Department of Public Works, 312 Safety Drive, Centerville. All hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities, sign language interpreters, and assistive listening devices are available to individuals with hearing impairments. Uh, part of the record of the proceeding will be a certificate of publication indicating that notice of the hearing was published for three successive weeks in the Baytime Record Observer newspaper general circulation in Queen Anne's County. Um, Shane, did you have anything you wanted to? Um, I guess I'm ready for questions. It'd be probably the easiest. Oh, I, okay. All right. We'll just. Uh, well, it's a hearing. Do you have to? Is anybody here to? Yeah, Dominic, uh, did you have anything you want to say? Tom Davis, on behalf of uh, the landowner on either side of it, if you look at the uh, plat that we prepared, there's a sliver of land that Schultz Development owns on the south side of the roadway to be abandoned, and then they own everything to the north side of it. Uh, the road is in pretty bad state of disrepair. Uh, the Schultz family is okay with, you know, taking this over. Uh, there, I got some pictures of the bulkhead that's on the south side there, if you want to look at it. Uh, but uh, the bulkhead is in a pretty bad state of disrepair. Jody and his family pretty much maintain that portion of the road. As you can see the pictures of the patches in it. Uh, so, uh, yeah. so they're just looking to uh, obtain this property or you know, the county abandoned it and then it would go to, as Patrick said, either the land or in this case it's both, uh, both sides of the Schultz family. Schultz family or, or Schultz? Schultz Development LLC. That's the, the whole family? There's a whole bunch of different yeah. All right. Um, so we would grant that there's a sewer line that's in there. We would grant an easement to the county for the maintenance of that. Uh, and then, you know, as far as the maintenance of it after it's abandoned, uh, like I said, the Schultz Development LLC is pretty much maintaining it now. This is very similar to what we did down at. Uh, it was called Neighborhood Road back in the day, but it was it's now Pentonville's Way North. The right of way of that road actually went through Annie's Steakhouse building. Huh. We abandoned that right away uh, 25, 30 years ago. Uh, same kind of thing. It's a dead end commercial area. Commercial uh, properties will be able to you know, have turn around and you know, through the parking lot, whatever, just as it is now. Okay. So just to the right of this. Uh, to the north of this used to be the Angler's uh, restaurant, uh, which was probably pretty close to that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I have some pictures of the walk at if you guys are interested in it. If you've been down there, it's, it's in pretty bad shape. Shane, you guys have no objection to this? Uh, no objection at all, and, and Tommy is correct. The, the, the bulkhead is, we estimate the original bulkhead down there. It's in, mm -hmm. it's in poor shape, and um, Mr. Schultz has agreed that as he takes over the road, it, all that becomes his response, responsibility to maintain. The riprap uh, is, is there as well. There's also a traffic barrier that's in, in uh, uh, pretty bad shape. So all that will become his to maintain. Uh, we would ask, uh, as I mentioned before, in the last meeting we had discussing this, it would be the easements for the utilities. Um, Alan would review those. And then also that through the development review process of this parcel, we would ensure that there would be proper ingress and, uh, for traffic to go down and turn around and get back out. 
Pat, you have all that in the agreement. Uh, the utility right of ways and the ingress and egress. There, there isn't really any agreement, but I'm, I'm sure we can work that out. Okay. All right. Anybody else, Ellie? Well, just a question: Are we transferring a right of way, or are we transferring ownership, which might not be the same thing? It would be fee simple right of way. It would be ownership. Ownership. Fee simple. So you're saying they are the same thing? In this case, the county owns that land where. And so it's a transfer of ownership and. Yes. Okay, because those are two different things, and we are transferring the ownership. Um, and you will, it's pursuant to our getting whatever those stipulations are that you want. Yes. Yes. And I have spoken with representatives of the Naris restaurant, two representatives, and explained the project. I've also sent them an email with all the documents we presented to the commissioners, um, and the views they've given me back is, is as long as trafficking enter that property and exit, and it's not blocked off, they're okay with it. I've encouraged them to either come tonight or email or call within the next two weeks to give those official comments to me. So I will reach out to them again so I can present those um, at the next commissioner meeting for uh, uh, the two-week closure of the public uh, information or public comment period. Okay. And there's no one else to testify outside? We're good? Okay. Anyone else have any comments? All right, we're going to close this hearing, hold it for two weeks, vote next meeting. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. All right, thank you, gentlemen. All right, commissioners, now we can move into the uh, presentations section of the book. If you want to flip to tab number six, we have first up we have the um, National Nurse Practitioner Week. Uh, Wendy Towers. Is Wendy here? Todd, she had to uh, cancel out, so she's going to try to make it to the next meeting. Okay. Next we have... Um, oh, so we're not reading the proclamation? We're going to just wait, hold it for next meeting? Yes. Hold for next meeting? Okay. 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 We'll table that Thank next you. week. All right, Kathy, you want to come on up? We have Kathy Willis, our Department of Community Services Director, and she's going to provide her quarterly update. Her crew here. So. Thank you. Um, good evening again, and I'm uh, flying solo. Unfortunately, uh, Mike was called away on an emergency, so he couldn't be present with us tonight um, to do this presentation, which this is our regular departmental um, presentation that we haven't been in here for quite a while for. So and ironically, today I picked a twist of it to do serving uh, and still surviving still surviving and still serving our citizens throughout COVID-19. Um, so what we have done is give you an update on how the Department of Community Services looks from the COVID standpoint, because we have totally changed the way we are doing things. Um, and before I start, um, I'm very fortunate to have my administrative team here with me, and I wanted to introduce... First, here on my left is Steve Scott. He is the community care administrator, way, and um, he takes care of all of the in-home services and uh, home-delivered meals, and that's been a huge aspect this year, especially. Um, and I have Maynard Nash, my transportation administrator, who's done a lot of creative things with buses and, and getting people to and from where they need to be. And Annie Sparks, who is the senior center administrator, who has been 
turning what were live senior centers into virtual programs, which is quite a challenge for our population. So I'm very pleased to have each of them with me. I could not do any of this without them. So um, to start out, I'll just go through, you know, as a department, we are the area agency on aging. We have housing under Mike Clark, as well as the local management board. Um, just a little highlight of what we consider our shutdown, which started in March, was that the senior centers closed um, and are still closed. And we began mass feeding through transportation and along with the Board of Ed. And then uh, we started ordering, along with the rest of the county, personal protective equipment. Uh, we worked on programs, especially for homelessness and housing, and worked on keeping the programs going for the local management board. And we'll go into a little bit more information on those. To start off, senior centers closed in March. And, well, while we were in recent planning stages of reopening, I think today put the kind of kibosh on that, but um, with the governor's program or his speech today, we have um, discovered that senior centers will probably and most likely definitely not open until uh, a vaccine is readily available. We have been told through the Maryland State Department of Aging that we will help and we will assist the Maryland Department of Health in making sure those vaccinations get out to the senior population and the vulnerable populations first, of course, and they have strict requirements on how they have to be kept, how cold they have to be, they're very low temperatures, and there's also, it's a two-vaccination process, so they will enlist our help to make sure the individuals that come get the first vaccine make sure they come back to get the second. Otherwise, it's a mute point. So there'll be a lot of work in the days ahead, and our secretary is working with the Secretary of Health, and they'll hand down to us what we need to do. So unfortunately for our seniors who are chomping at the bit to get back, um, <laughs> it's not going to happen real soon. Um, we were fortunate, and I wanted to thank the health department for allowing me to hold two flu clinics in my senior centers for specifically for those centers that have housing attached because it is quite difficult to to get people transported often i, I can't quite fit a bus through the drive-through flu clinic um so they were kind enough to set this up and do it we did it monday at ken island i believe and then next next wednesday next monday will be southersville senior center so that was very well received um, next on here, ooh, a little fast. The mass feeding that we did was a brand new thing through the Board of Ed, and we utilized our home delivered meals program staff and transportation. We assisted with meal distribution from March through June 12th. Um, and as you know, the senior centers were closed, so we had to get creative on what our staff were going to do and fill in other than creating virtual and, and contacts for the seniors we were serving, we went outside of the box and looked at other agencies and like the Board of Ed who needed help with these services. Um, we delivered over 14,000 meals from March through September. We applied for CARES Act funding, which is separate. All of my funding that I'll speak of tonight for CARES Act is separate from what you had, what the county had in CARES Act funding. So I do not have a deadline of December 31st to spend it. 
Mine carries to 21, and in some of the in the case with the um, FTA and MTA funding for CARES, it can carry it may carry to 22 and even 23. So there are no time limits unless they change it somewhere along the lines. But right now, my grants are through 21 at a minimum. So, so far for meals, we received 93,000, which pays for over 16,000 meals, and that will be through September of 21. Um, transit returned to full service in July, and as you can see, we'll show that on the next slide, I believe. Um, we are also pending receipt of $1 million in FTA CARES Act funding, which is actually coming to you in the next meeting. We've just received the grant documents. We, will, we are given half of that for FY20. We're still in the spending for that because COVID started in FY20. The other half will be designated for FY20 on through possibly 22. That money is used for operating cost. It's not looked at right now for capital that they're shying away from capital because there's also a potential of state funding reductions. And we've already received a little bit um, in the MTA funding for transportation. So in many ways, this, this replaces any loss we have in those grants, but it's also saving substantial county dollars because a million dollars in CARES Act funding is more than my budget for the year. So, so that is a positive. <clears throat> um, personal protective equipment, that is something that we focused on highly. We used some of the county funding to do that for your COVID preparations, and we've used our specific grants to our programs. We have um, plexiglass at all of the front desk, and I thank Public Works for helping us do that. They're also on the transit buses. It's a little hard to see in that third picture where you see the yellow rails. There's a plexiglass that covers the driver so that when a person enters, there's no direct contact for them. Um, and I thank the, the shop guys out at Public Works for doing all that and installing that. Um, the picture on the right is what we have set up now. You, you can't hardly see, but there's plexiglass in the middle of that table. And IT was very helpful in that my the program specialists, the workers who are sitting down with individuals to do their Medicare Part D plans, um, they have a computer that goes through the whole plan finder, picks out their programs, everything, while the person's six feet away at the other end of the table with their own screen looking at what she's doing. So, and that is pretty much um, non-heard of in, in the state right now. Most of my area agencies on aging in the whole entire state are not seeing anyone in person and they are doing all this by the phone, which we are doing very successful over the phone. Um, our staff has sent out letters and, and packets to people that they can pre-fill out. Um, they have done everything they possibly can to make this a seamless transition as we are typically used to in-person contact at all times. So we have some options. They are using it, and it's successful right now. Um, we also did a little side hustle, I would call it, with the EOC when they were in full swing, and we were in charge of collecting and distributing 1,500 homemade masks by multiple groups, one of which was the, I forget what they call them, the mask wranglers, um, and they were great at making masks and getting them to not only staff, um, they outfitted 
counties all over and did as much as they possibly could. The most of what they did was for Queen Anne's County because they're from here to do our agencies as well as individuals and um, of all likes and, and needs. So um, that has been very successful, and we were appreciative of the volunteer help. Under, under Mike's programs, and again, he's sorry he can't be here, but um, they've done an amazing job at continuing their programs, whereas we thought in the beginning um, these programs were just going to shut down and we didn't know how they were going to function. Um, they're still doing homeless prevention and rapid rehousing. He has gotten applied for and received over $160,000 in homeless prevention funds. And also they were able to apply for their own COVID grant um, of over $161,000 to um, help for COVID-19. The people continued to meet with clients. We had, you know, with, with that population, sometimes it's hard and they would come in only on the bus or Perhaps they didn't, they didn't have a home at the time or they didn't have the shelter at the time, so it was hard for our staff to meet with them. We met outside the building, outside the front doors, and you know, could get something signed or do what we needed to do. Um, and one of the greatest things down here, the picture on the bottom left is actually one of Mike's workers on the left who does the housing program and one of Steve's um, workers on the right who does... Um, program specials and benefits counseling and things like that. This young man right there who, who was homeless is no longer homeless, and now he has his very own first vehicle um, that somebody donated. Who donated that, Steve? I think it was partially It was through Haven Ministries. They worked together. This is one of our greatest success stories, and uh, we, were, we were very pleased with that. And that all happened through COVID. Um, we adapted, and, and we succeeded. So we're, we're very proud of the staff for doing that. We did continue home rehabilitations. If any of you remember, probably one of the longest employees around here is Mickey Lomax. He's still checking out houses and fixing things and uh, um, updating um, many projects. And, um, we're, we're very pleased to have that. The affordable housing units, um, the housing study was approved. You know, it's currently out. They're looking at um, it's 75% completed. The revolving loans were completed for FY20. Everything continued, um, and, and that's kudos to, to Mike's staff for getting all of that done, and we did it in a remote manner. So um, rising to meet the needs with LMB. Um, LMB was very critical in the Backpacks Food Program. Um, the Safety Net Committee, they continued to <coughs> monitor virtually behavioral health and all of the aspects that help keep children focused, families focused, keep the you know healthy programs running, transportation for those individuals, and they continued the family nav navigator throughout. Um, one of the, the, the picture on the top right is um, they helped some of the student mentees who we assist through our program go ahead and get their um, driver's license um, through the community mentoring program. So they, they paid for their driver's ed classes and got them um, to be able to be certified drivers. So that was, uh, that was very, very exciting for us to do that for the kids. So, um, and character counts. God bless Kelly. She kept going, and she did it all virtually. And I'd say she's one of our happiest employees who is always there to, to lend a hand and, and works 
Yeah, I never know. And she worked at home some through the teleworking program, trying to take care of kids, and, but still was phenomenal in, in reaching out to our Character Counts program. Um, and just additional accomplishments or final things that I just want to point out that are apart from the norm for us as a department. Um, while we continued service delivery, we continued in a whole, a whole new way um, to present it. Um, we supported the community efforts like big programs like the backpacks program and the food transport. We also transitioned to completely paperless record keeping. Mm. I have been in that building over there for 26 or 27 <laughs> years total, and the filing cabinets have grown in size and shape, and they were everywhere, and they were paper files and handwritten notes of workers working individually and files that were thick. Um, this Steve's um, group actually pretty much single-handedly took all of those, and they spent all of their time, whether it was at the office or teleworking, scanning all of those files and then sorting them and placing them in protected um, computer files where everybody can access them. So no matter where you are, thanks to IT now, we have all this remote access, and these girls, these, excuse me, workers, ladies, can do exactly what they're doing in the office from a computer anywhere. They can do it at home. They can do it in the client's house, at another facility. Um, That's great. It's, it's been amazing. And all those filing cabinets are gone. Um, actually, the detention center took most of them because Lamont likes everything. So um, they're being used. Um, and they were newer than what he had. So, so um, part of that, the big part of that is that we updated our coop plan. And since I've been around for so long, and I used to work very closely with emergency services, I was one of the first departments who had a coop plan based off of what MEMA offered to us back in 2006. They said, you know, everybody needs a coop plan, and we need to know how to work in the, in the event of an emergency. So we've had one all those years, and it's been updated here and there, but it never fit totally how we would work, especially remotely, in a, in a crisis or whether it be a natural disaster or weather event or whatever, um, COVID made us do this. It, I said, I told all my supervisors, we are, we are living this right now, so why not update it as we go? So we did. Um, so we're working now closely with, with um, the partners and the Smith Group doing the, the new COOP plan, and it's made it a lot easier for us because we're like, yeah, we've got that done, you know? Um, so it's, it's nice, and it's... It's good to know that we can still serve these people if I can't be in that building. Um, that's, a, that's a huge, tremendous positive impact that if there's any positive impact from COVID, it's that, um, that we can still assist these folks. So I'm very proud of all of our staff for that. Also with, with the staff, we've cross-trained in so many different ways. People know how to do what each other is doing now because you've had to fill in. I have staff that have not been doing their regular jobs for eight months. I actually have staff that are cleaning my buildings from scrubbing the toilets to doing everything because we lost our cleaning contractors. I'm working very hard to get them back. They'll have to be back when the senior centers come, come back, and um, Public Works has been helpful in doing that. But um, some of the things that your employees are doing of this county, 
um, don't touch what their job descriptions say they were doing, but they're doing it because they want to give and they want to be a part of the team and, and continue to provide everything we can. Mm. Um, we've also supported the EOC. Um, I don't know if each of you know that Mike Clark actually took a position in the EOC um, with, with my permission after prodding from Dr. Ciatola <laughs> to help when they, they lost their, they temporarily or, you know, had someone leave and they needed somebody to fill in to be the kind of head organizer of it. And if anybody knows Mike, he's organized. So he spent two days a week over there um, for quite a while and helped run their, um, did their sit rep reports that we got every day, um, things like those. So um, that was a big help. So he learned that was a total cross-training of his job. He'd never been a part of the EOC before. So we've also supported the Department of Health recently with the, the flu vaccination registrations. Both um, community care and senior center staff have done this, this new, the flu vaccination had to be registered for this year. That was new. Um, and we couldn't, Dr. Ciatola couldn't possibly have the staff that he has doing all the registering and the flu shots and the COVID um, sites and everything. It was too much. So we volunteered to help do the registrations. So all of my staff has been doing them and that's been going very well. Um, we did have established COVID testing sites. We offered two of our senior centers where we knew they could enter from the outside to get out of the elements and keep it confined. Um, those have since ceased. Um, and then we've administered the CARES Act funding throughout. And I think um, that's been quite successful in the, the meals program alone. We, we have to spend our regular grants, but you want to spend the CARES Act funding. Um, so it saved substantial county funding by doing that. We're at least at around 100000 in county funding just for meals alone because the, the CARES Act funding has picked that all up. So um, I anticipate substantial savings as long as no huge cuts come from anywhere. But my grants are my grants. They're done. So um, um, we're very appreciative. The states fought very hard for us as a network in the aging programs and the transportation programs to get that funding. Um, and the bottom line is we're still meeting the needs, so that's what we hope to continue to do, even in light of recent increases and recent things that are, are coming up on us. Um, I think we're well prepared and well suited, and gosh knows we all want this to end, but uh, we're going to keep fighting through it. So that's my update. Any, any problems? Any? I mean, I know when this first started, there was the issues with the buses and how many people can get on the bus, and then right. you were running those routes, taking people to and from dialysis and other things. Right. All that's working out now. Is it? Yeah. I mean, we still have our ridership is down, and maybe Maynard could sit out by how much, but I mean, it's still way down. It's not where it it has. It's been. down because they just don't want to go, or it's down oh, because yeah. you can't I mean, take them. No, it's down because the, the people haven't come back yet. Right. We have, I mean. we have a certain amount. And, like, with our Annapolis route, that was a majority of state workers. They're not going to the office. You know, they're working remotely. So that's where that slowed down. But we have other people using it. We don't have enough of a volume. Whereas if you look at the school buses taking kids back, they've got too much volume. They can't, they can't swing that. My buses don't have that much volume. They're more, um, they're just not that full. So we don't have that problem right now. Okay. Um, I don't foresee that we will, and we have such a large amount of people that do the one-on-one, -on -one, the door-to-door escorts. Um, 
Now we do try to group them, but like I said, that's why we're trying to put every precaution we can on the bus, you know, moving every other seat. They have to wear their masks. You know, even if you can't keep the six feet, you have your mask on, it's okay. Um, so, um, so far everything has gone rather well, so. But I think part of that is through good planning. I think the lines of communication that you have throughout your departments, the local management board, get a lot of that credit. Well, we're just we're we're community focused anyway. It's it's kind of easy when when a tragedy happens, we all kind of just you know it's like you have a whole bunch of social workers that just jump on and say, let's fix this. You I think know? that's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah. So. So that's where we are. That's where we've been. Uh, pleased to say it's going pretty well. We hope it gets a lot better. And we hope for a, a return to normalcy for our constituents because this is not easy for any of them who are isolated at home. I bet. No, no. doubt about that. So, mm. well, you all to, done. to you and your staff, make sure when you get back to your departments that you thank them on the behalf of the commissioners for all oh, their hard work and everything. Yeah, excellent done. work. When, whenever there's an issue that comes up, reach out to anybody, you and your staff, quick response on it. And a lot of what you guys do, a lot of the citizens don't see that in the day to day, but it's really important. Right. And we don't talk about those that. Need. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not going to be work. in my presentation, but we do a lot of work that that comes up, and uh, right. it's very important. And and these guys are they're stellar, and their um, their confidential nature and things like that are are what's most important to us as an agency too. Right. So. Be good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good evening. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Thank Very you. well done. Mm -hmm. Commissioners, that concludes all of our presentations this evening. So we can um, go to press and public comments, part two. Nope. <laughs> Nobody's emailed in. I don't think nobody's else outside. outside. Nobody emailed so in. We can go to roundtable then. Roundtable it is. Let's see. Uh, let's go in reverse. All right. Number four. Well, first, uh, to Commissioner Moran, happy birthday to the Marines. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, don't want to forget New Armed Forces, but in particular today. That's right. That's that Marine Corps birthday, birthday, right? <laughs> Marine Corps birthday. Take it off your list? Yeah, take that one off my list. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, no, that's okay. You know... This weekend, several of us got to attend the, um, um, the dedication of Churchill Fire Department. And I want to take this opportunity again to remind people that um, a lot of your local fire departments have not been able to raise funds like they normally do throughout the year because of COVID. So um, make sure you take the time, drop by, and give them a donation, any of your local vo volunteer fire departments. I mean, the work that they do to help the community, it, I mean, won't even fathom how much money that saves you in taxes by what they're doing. So please always remember them. Um, I understand Governor Hogan is reducing restaurant capacity again. Uh, so remember, even more important now, get out there, take get some takeout from your local restaurants. They're going to need your support even more now that their indoor capacity is um, getting reduced. Um, we had the uh, induction of new officers for the Bay Area Association of Realtors. So congratulations. Um, to all of them, 
at that, Linda Austin received an award, and um, she does a tremendous amount of work for this community volunteer-wise. And for those of you who are not aware, right now she's working on the QAC Christmas Angel, so getting uh, gift ba- uh, gifts together for kids uh, for Christmas time. Um, go on to Facebook. I think it's got its own page of QAC Christmas Angels. If you're interested in, in giving, um, she'll assign you something, whether it's you're buying for a whole um, child or if you're going to just be contributing you know, even something as simple as, you know, hygiene products of toothbrushes and brushes. Very important. Don't forget, this is Christmas time coming up, so let's uh, get those donations to those in need. That's it. Thank you very much. Commissioner uh, I negotiated uh, conceding my time to Commissioner Chris Corcorino because he had so much to share. So <laughs> okay. take from I will take a pass. <clears throat> Commissioner Wilson, the senior statesman. <laughs> uh, well, I would like to hope that we get this YMCA deal done because it would be good for the town of Centerville and the community. But like I say, it kind of depends on, from my point of view, representing only me, that uh, we get a good agreement and that that agreement encompasses both what happens if anything goes wrong, but also what it is we're getting. Because now, just instead of land, we were got quite a lot of money on the table we're going to be in this thing so that thought and uh, that's probably about might be it for this evening very good Jack? Yeah. now I know why everybody wants to go last everything's already been done you just kind of just <laughs> yield on keep on going alright well I, I agree 100% what you're saying and I guess you get to start digging in on that MOU with Pat or whomever and and make sure it's airtight for the county. So that, that'll be a great thing for the for us and the YMCA. Uh, this week is Nurse Practitioner Week. It's unfortunate that the young lady couldn't make it tonight, but my daughter's a nurse practitioner, so I'm going to give Ashley a shout-out. Congratulations. Uh, also want to talk about the governor did come out today, and, and he lowered capacity. And, you know, uh, this is taking us... And I understand why he's doing it, you know, but I think for the Eastern Shore and specifically for Queen Anne's County, it's taken us in the wrong direction. Uh, you know, we were able to four months ago, five months ago, uh, not so much lobby the governor, but at least get in on the conversation to do it regionally and to shut the whole state back to 25 percent. I don't understand that. So uh, we have a call on Thursday uh, with the governor's office, and uh, we will definitely voice that, that, you know, if we had an outbreak, I could understand it, but just to say, you know, because Baltimore thinks we should do this, we do it statewide. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's some rationale, but hopefully, you know, maybe this is something that's very temporary, and uh, they'll, they'll put it back to 50% sooner rather than later. And since this is the traffic seat, uh, I do have some good news. Uh, the MDTA hasn't been bragging about it, but, you know, I'm going to give them a shout-out and an attaboy. Uh, the, the steel plates, the, the, the control joints on the expansion joints on the westbound bridge, 22 of them had to be replaced. Uh, to date, there has been uh, 14 that are completed. Three others are underneath steel plates, so that's a total of 17. Now, remember, this is a two-year project, so they were anticipating maybe 11 a year. So that means by the end of November, there's going to be at least 17 that are completed leaving five to be completed. If not, winter's coming, and they, they don't want the steel plates down there because of snow removal. But if they wait till next spring to do these five, they're doing three at a time, so naturally that'll be two cycles. 
approximately about two months worth of work. So God willing and the river don't rise, they'll be done with those steel plates before the Memorial Day weekend. And that'll be huge for us And because and, next year, like I said, vaccine's coming. Traffic will probably pick up, and we don't want anything to impede the traffic, especially steel plates. So, you know, keep marching on with that great work. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to what's coming down the road there with the Bay Bridge. And this, uh, the letter we sent today is to allow gates to be put up on the uh, western shore going eastbound to remove all the cones. So, you know, one of the letters we signed to the uh, Board of Public Works was to expedite the, the process for the contract to get this work done in conjunction with what's going on now because the gates that they're building in Queen Anne's County now, westbound, aren't slated to go live until 2023, I believe. Uh, so we're still two years away from seeing these gates actually working. And, if, I don't, and again, I think that uh, our state likes to say it's going to take this long when it actually takes this long. And they give themselves an attaboy. We got done in half the time. So I'm hoping that holds true with the gates. And the gates are done sometime by the end of next year. And they're operational. Because that will help facilitate the traffic moving uh, throughout Queen Anne's County. And I think that's really all I want to talk about. I'd like yes. to add one yes, more thing. I, I think the public might be interested in something that happened this week that was really of great importance in the country. And that was the announcement of the vaccine in the last two days because it really does, if the information as presented holds up, it, it means we may be able next year to open schools where the situation would have been exactly where we are this year, a year from now. And that if, if this timeline holds up, we'll have this vaccine out and around at least enough to begin to get things running in the country again in the next during the next summer, next fall, next winter. Otherwise, it would have been two or three years. I mean, this is enormously important to the country and the world that that happened. Because the real thing that changed was the fact that it went from what everybody had expected, which is a 50 or 60 percent um, uh, success rate, or you know, I can't think efficacy. of it. What's the word? Efficacy rate. Efficacy rate to 90, because that really does change the game completely. Right. I mean, people will begin to go around again if they think they're 90 or 100% sure with 50%. That's not going to reassure a lot of people. So this, if, if, the, if it holds up, it will right. be terrifically important. Uh, Very good. It's a piece of good news. Very good. Anybody else? All right, Jack, it's way past your bedtime. Make a motion to adjourn. Buy some dry ice. Take it. All favor? Aye. Aye.